one of the types of emotional struggles that I have dealt with for probably all of my life, and this is something that I've had conversations here recently with people that I've either taught mindfulness to or people that I just have worked with in general, and these are the emotional struggles that come from people that we're being of service to in some way or that we, we've committed to providing something for them. And this can be in any kind of situation. But this is a situation where we're not able to there we're not able to deliver or give them exactly what it is that they were promised. And these are in situations when it's out of our control. I know that if I have promised something to someone really in, in any kind of relationship in my life, if I have not done everything that I can do to uh, at least, you know, what for what I'm responsible for, that's another issue. But these are more of the struggles that come from the interdependence that we have with other people that we can't always necessarily do everything ourselves. And in some cases, we're only really in a limited role. And in fact, the largest part of whatever it is that's delivered or given as promised to someone, we may not have anything directly to do with it. And I don't want to get too lost in all that, but what I really want to share ultimately is that it has taken me a long time to understand, and it's really on two different levels. And the, you know, the first level of this is that, and the most important revelation for me was the revelation that actually helped me to no longer get lost in reactivity or in reaction to my emotions when I find myself dealing with someone who's disappointed or very possibly angry or frustrated because of the fact that they did not get what they were promised or when they were promised. And that is that, and this is really where mindfulness comes in and ultimately mindful coping, and I'll really touch on these two levels of this before I speak further, but it's the first idea here is that I... Uh, I have the ability, if I choose to, to pay attention to the thoughts that I'm having about how I feel when these kinds of situations happen, and that I don't have to believe everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling when I am in front of someone or finding myself in a situation where I am being of service to someone or providing something that I that was agreed to someone and it either isn't what they had asked for or it isn't in the time frame that they had asked for. And that is that I don't have to I don't have to believe all of the negative thoughts that I am thinking about myself. In other words, if I feel like I'm a failure, if I feel uh, you know, if I'm feeling badly about myself or I feel inadequate or I'm embarrassed, uh, you know, there's a there's a plethora of different emotions that I can feel. And there's a lot of different thoughts that I can, you know, get lost in and believe that are true that actually aren't. And I can be so lost in my own thoughts about this and my own internal reactions that I literally am not even really here really communicating with this person that is that is that has been disappointed in some way or did not get what they were promised or when they were promised. So that is the first part of this is that it, 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 this is really all in my head. In other words, I can, if I choose to, I can really be here where this is all happening. 
and I can embrace the fact that, you know, sometimes people are going to be angry, sometimes they are going to be frustrated, but that it will be okay, and that I don't have to believe all of the dark doomsday scenarios that I'm trying to convince myself that are happening or, or are going to happen. The second part of this, and I won't really be talking at length about this, but I feel like it merits me bringing this up, and that is that the way I react to and respond in situations where I feel like somehow I am disappointing people, even if it wasn't me that was responsible for everything that had to do with delivering something to someone as promised, I, I can realize that there is a lot more to this than just what is happening right now. The only way I can really ever work on that is to find the healing modalities, whether it's, you know, whether it's therapy, whether it's some sort of, you know, natural healing modalities of some sort, but there are ways in which I can deal with what sometimes in the, uh, in the natural healing world is referred to as shadow work. In other words, I can, I can, I can dig deeply inside of myself in an appropriate setting with someone who is trained and, and is a professional. This is kind of one of those, you know, I don't want to necessarily, you know, it's the old saying, don't try this at home. But, uh, and I'm not saying that people, you know, shouldn't or can't do that. It's not up to me. But I've just found that my results have been best when I actually am willing to do the work of really finding out what the reasons are why I am carrying around trauma around people being disappointed. And this has been a big one for me. This is probably, I would say for me, and not that this is really about me, but it is essentially, this is some of the most crucial work that I have had to do. And it's still a work in progress. I'm not anywhere, anywhere near being finished with this, but I do know that mindfulness and practicing mindful coping have actually helped me because when I know that something is really pushing a button of mine, it's pushing an emotional button and I'm being triggered in some way, I know that if I want to cope, if I still want to be in life where it's all happening, right in the middle of it, in function, in cope, that I don't always have the luxury of being able to stop in that moment and really do a lot of deep analysis about why I am struggling with disappointing people, about why I have been a recovering people pleaser, why I don't like people to get mad at me. And it's and what is interesting about it is it takes on a life of its own. In other words, if someone in front of me is disappointed, it's really what's happening is it's, you know, in my mind is about, there's a lot more going on than just what's happening if I am not being mindful in those moments, if I'm not being aware of what is actually going on, if I'm not present with how this person actually is in the moment. And I'll give an example of this, and I'm hoping that this will be helpful. I had a situation this week, which was a work-related situation, and not to necessarily get bogged down in a lot of the details, but I am just one of several people that were responsible for delivering some to a, you know delivering something to a customer that was supposed to be great created a certain way and it's really nobody's fault or it's at least it's not up to me to determine whose fault it is but essentially what ended up happening was that things ended up not working the way that this customer was assured that it would work and I had the opportunity to talk to them about this and of course it was long distance so it was over the phone 
and I what I really wasn't hearing at first because I was so busy in my own head and I realized it very quickly that even though he the, the customer was being very very reasonable very very understanding he was he was being very calm about it and what he was essentially saying was you know this is a problem we, we we've got to figure this out because ultimately he needed this to take care of his customer and he had promised to deliver this to his customer and essentially what it boiled down to was that I had a choice at that moment I could choose to be self-absorbed and self-indulgent and really get caught up in all of my own reactions because it was pushing my buttons I felt very in those moments I felt very powerless ashamed embarrassed unbelievably sorry for what had happened I also knew I was not in a position to physically change anything I could not fix what had actually gone what had actually gone wrong in this case and the clock was ticking and he had depended on us so that he could ultimately take care of his customer and I had this flash of insight and I don't think it was due to anything about me that's special it's just that I think it really comes from practicing mindfulness if we continue to practice paying attention to our minds and actually you know seeing and hearing and being aware of the thoughts that are going through our heads you get to a point where even when you're not trying to maybe even when you're not thinking about doing it it just that awareness comes online and that's one of the reasons why I believe in the practice so much and I've seen it change my own life most importantly and I can speak from that perspective and I've seen it change so many other people's lives that I've shared this with over the years there's so many stories I wouldn't even know where to begin and this is something that really has nothing to do with me this is an ancient technology that thankfully we still have that's still available to us should we choose to take advantage of it so I find myself earlier this week I literally became aware of the fact that I was starting to react internally I could I could I could see and hear and feel the thoughts in my head I'm already going there I'm starting to project this image of myself as a failure as someone who had let this person down and yet here I am on the phone with it with this person and they're okay I mean, yes, would they have loved for things to have been the way they were promised? Of course they would have, but that isn't the way that it happened. And he was being not only very understanding, but incredibly gracious. And I suddenly became aware of it, and I became aware of the dichotomy between the way that he was communicating with me, and not only just his words, but his energy. He just wanted to try to figure out a solution for this. And I've learned this very. It's, I've learned this the hard way that I have encountered people like this that are very understanding, that are just trying to find a solution. And there's probably nothing. And I've been told this before. There's probably nothing more frustrating than when someone is trying to be understanding, trying to just focus on the solution, not the problem. And then you're confronted by someone who has a lot of their own baggage around being a failure and letting someone down and over apologizing and bending over backwards trying to just all the gyrate the emotional gyrations and I felt myself starting to go into that and thankfully I didn't waste his time most importantly and I didn't waste my time because I realized this was really you know on his time clock it was already bad enough that things didn't turn out the way that he was that you know the way in the way in which it was promised so thankfully because I was able to be aware it's nothing special about me it's just 
it's any it's available to any of us that do the practice i was able to pull myself back and not it wasn't so much about trying to stop myself from going into these gyrations it's just that once i've realized that that's what these are these are just self-defeating thoughts that's all this is i mean it's that's all i'm really doing to myself it's not fixing the problem it's not finding a solution it's not really doing anything helpful at all it's just re in some ways i can say and i'm not going to say this about anybody else but i feel like in my case it sometimes has been very selfish when all i can see is that i'm so wrapped up in my role in this and that in some ways it's it's almost as if i'm beating myself up about how and i'm projecting that and i'm thinking that they are disappointed in me and they are angry and upset at me and in a lot of cases they may not be now even in some cases they are but i realize either way i'm not doing myself or them any good whatsoever let's say that he was angry with me let's say that he was frustrated and venting a lot of pent-up anger and frustration. Me trying to over, you know, bend over backwards and over-apologizing and feeling and coming and coming at this from the standpoint of I'm taking on an identity of, of someone who's a failure, of someone who can't do anything right. And you kind of, so if you can kind of see where I'm going with this, I can get so wrapped up in that identity that that's who I become. And there's really no circumstance in which that's helpful. And that's really what I found is the only thing I can really do is accept, and this may be something that maybe was lost on me and everybody else knows it. I can't really assume, but I have had a lot of conversations with people recently, and this does seem to resonate that I have to be able to find some way to be able to cope with this repeated habit. It's this neural habit or mental habit of, I develop this negative image of myself, and it may even be in other situations besides this, but it's almost as if if all I am paying attention to in situations where I have let someone down or not been able to do what I tell them I'm going to do, or even in situations where that someone gets hurt, and it's not because I'm intending for that to happen, or in some cases if I, if I, if I just have not been mature enough to, to do what I said I was going to do. But in all of these situations, if all I can do is tell myself or repeat the same thing to myself over and over again, those self-defeating thoughts about how I just always mess things like this up, I can't, you know, I, I don't know why anybody can trust me, I don't know why anybody can accept me, then really what I'm doing to myself is I'm just, I'm basically setting myself up to never be able to really be here with people in the moment while everything is happening right now. And I'm certainly not going to be any good for anyone else or myself if I am just wrapped up in believing that I'm a failure and that I have somehow let someone down and I've disappointed them. And I keep replaying this scenario over and over in my head. What I'm finding is, and I found it this week, that yes, it was terribly uncomfortable as someone who really does want to take care of people. And I know there's a lot of people in the world that feel this way. We really do want to do the right thing for people. We want to do what we tell them we're going to do when we tell them we're going to do it and if we can't I want to be able to look people in the eye and actually you know take responsibility for this but I really can't do that if I am wrapped up in a lot of self-defeating thoughts about what is wrong with me and why I can't do this and why I shouldn't be doing this and all I really end up doing is just reinforcing this vicious cycle of blaming myself 
And, and there really is a difference to me. I can take the blame. I can take the responsibility. That's one thing. But that also implies me moving on and being able to cut myself a break and to let go of these repetitive, habitual, haunting... That's really what I would call them. They're like haunting thoughts. These same thoughts just rip and tear away at our self-esteem over and over and over again. And what is so sad about it is that I've done that for so many years, not realizing that I could choose to stop it. It's just that's, that's what I was so used to doing. And so I always, of course, it was no surprise that I felt inadequate. It was no surprise that I didn't feel like I was good enough because that's what I was so busy being. I had decided that for myself. And what's so interesting is someone might ask, what does mindfulness practice have to do with this? It really has everything to do with it because the only way I ever end up at some point in my life feeling like a failure, feeling like I can't do anything right, feeling like all I do is let people down and let myself down, is that I'm not being aware of the fact that this whole thing is like building a gigantic infrastructure. And this infrastructure is built with all of my thoughts. All of these thoughts that I'm cumulatively thinking over the long term, if I'm not paying attention to them, and I'm not aware of the fact that I'm just on a wholesale basis believing everything I'm thinking about what I'm feeling, I can convince myself that I'm anything. And then pretty soon, that's who I am. Even if it's not true, it doesn't matter because that's what I have believed that this is who I am. And then when I when I go around in the world and I deal with other people, this is the projection that I am carrying around when I'm dealing with other people. This is who I think I am. So it's kind of like almost like a conspiracy in a way. And I'm saying that very loosely in that if I believe that I'm a failure and that I can't do anything right, I need other people to believe that too, to reinforce my own beliefs about how I think who I think I am. And all this stuff, and it does, it seems so overwhelming when you stop to think about all of these thoughts that we can just besiege ourselves with. All of this, all these really negative self, you know, self, I don't even know the right phrase for this, but it's just, you know, negative self-talk, negative self-reinforcing beliefs. That before long, it's no wonder that I can't change the way I think about myself and the way I feel about myself. And there's no, it's no wonder that I can't really be with people and just be with them in the moment and be whoever I am in that moment because I've already decided who I am uh, even before I come into those moments with people. So of course I'm going to do what I've always done. Mindfulness practice I have found really has the ability to free people from these habitual beliefs about themselves. And I'm not here to say that any of these beliefs are wrong or bad or there's no judgment but at the end of the day, if, I, if I'm walking around carrying this persona of someone who I don't really feel good about being and really don't want to be, but at some point talk myself into believing that I can never change it, the only way to really deal with this is really on the level, first of all, there's two levels, the levels of, at the levels of thought. In other words, what is going through my head, what I am thinking, how I'm reacting to these things that keep happening over and over again. And what is my posture? I guess I've heard someone say that uh, a long time ago. You know, what is my posture? How am I carrying myself around? And it really is, that's really what it comes down to. And I know that, yes, I can do the deep healing work and really dig down deeply and figure out why that I am so prone to feeling this way about myself and thinking this way about myself. 
but it's really the, the 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 thoughts are what really cause the problems. You know, the feelings themselves are just the emotional energy. Uh, and there's you know there are I can't remember the number of them, but there are a li- there is a list of all of the human emotions. And but those are those are really not concrete. That's more of just energy moving through our bodies and minds. But thought is where we really start to you know where we can do damage to ourselves and our self-esteem and where I can really do damage to the relationships that I have with people because it's the words, all those thoughts, all those things that I'm thinking and I'm believing them and I'm, and I'm, and I'm really immersed in that's my reality. And it's so powerful because I'm, you know, I don't even have to really be here where it's all happening. I can live basically in those thoughts that I create about myself and what's going on right in front of me and in my immediate environment. And so what I found this week was that it was amazing for me to be able to, and I realized it very quickly, I literally had this aha moment where I'm starting to go down that road because it's a habit. And when we get stressed and things happen that make us uncomfortable because we've struggled with them for a long time, in this case for me, it's people being disappointed and people being let down, that I'm already compromised. I'm already in a situation where I'm already tense and I'm anxious and I'm very constricted emotionally and physically, and I'm bracing because I'm starting to tell myself that this, you know, this person is mad at me. I've let them down. You know, how could I do this? Why am I such a horrible person? And I actually caught myself starting to go down that road. And all of a sudden I had this, like there was this aha moment of he's actually really not that upset. And it was kind of like, in a way, it's like, you know, whatever we look, whatever we're looking for, that's what we're going to find. So I was, I find myself because I am a very sensitive person and I have issues that I'm working with in terms of people pleasing and wanting people to be happy and not wanting to make people mad. I'm very, very focused on people's tone of voice. And many times I think I know what people are feeling and I know what they're thinking, but so much of the time I'm wrong because whatever I go looking for, if I, if I believe that he's mad at me and he's disappointed in me, I'm going to be really paying attention to the way that he sounds and the words that he says. And anything I can find that will confirm my belief that he's mad at me, then I'm going to get that. And for the first time probably in my life, because this is one of those issues that I've really struggled with, I was able to see in real time how I was, I was hearing his voice, I was hearing his energy, and there was this beginning to, I was starting to confirm it in my own head. See, he's upset at me. Can't you hear? It's like, I'm not really talking to myself really, but there's kind of this internal dialogue going on almost. You know, see, see, this is how he sounds. Of course he's upset. And then the alarm bells and the sirens go off. But I was able to get in just a little bit of headspace to where I was able to see and really appreciate that Yes, at first I thought that he was angry, but then I was able to realize, no, he's he's not as angry as I think he is. I'm sure he doesn't love this. I'm sure this is not what he wanted to have happen today when he got out of bed this morning. I'm sure this was not on the list of things that he was hoping was going to happen, but nonetheless it did. And I could actually could appreciate the difference between what I was going looking for as far as what I, what I thought he was saying and how he was saying it and how he was really saying it and what he was really saying. And I had like this moment of relief. I was able, it still didn't feel good. I still did not like the way it felt. I still did not want to be in the position of being one of the people on a team of people that had disappointed him. 
but and I, but there was a point at which at first I was beginning to feel like I wasn't going to be able to cope. I could feel myself shutting down emotionally. And then as soon as I had that awareness because I was paying attention, and the only reason I could pay attention was because I practiced paying attention. There's nothing special about me. There's no special skills required. It's just something we practice. We have to. I don't think very many, I can't say no one, but very few people are, I think, are wired to be aware and to really pay attention without practicing being able to do it. And that's what mindfulness practice is, and that's what it does. And I was able to just, it, it literally was just a, like a, a just a, a second or two that I was able to begin to see, okay, it's really not as bad as I think it is. Yes, it doesn't feel good to disappoint anyone, but I know that we have to find a solution for this. And I won't be able to be able to help be one of those people that finds a solution for this if I'm wrapped up in self-pity and beating myself up and judging myself really harshly. And so I was able to let it go. I became more aware of the fact that this is so much a pattern of behavior for me and that if I, the only way it's never going, it's not going to be anymore or never going to be again is my, me practicing it not being a, a problem or a catastrophe. And so as weird as it felt, I mean, as, and, and as shaky as I was and not really feeling that, you know, that great about myself, I just allowed myself to breathe in and out and just, and realize I had these thoughts going on. I had these internal reactions going on, but it wasn't the end of the world. This, this person was not going to disown me or, you know, rip me to shreds verbally and tell me how horrible I am. I just had to cope. That's really what I needed to do. I needed to stay on my feet in the middle of the situation, being willing to do what I could. And the only way I've ever been able to do that, the only way I've ever been able to stay in life when it feels really bad and it feels really awful is to practice being aware of how I'm reacting to what's going on and to remember that I can cope, but I can't cope unless I'm mindful, unless I'm aware, unless I'm paying attention to what I'm, what, how my mind is processing what's going on. And it's not always going to be pleasant and it's certainly not always going to feel great. And sometimes it's going to feel awful, but I know that I can cope because it used to be the, 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 the habit was just bending over and folding over and just wanting to go, you know, run away and, and just hide somewhere. And it's, you know, it's natural and it's normal to feel that way. We're human, but I don't want to do that every time I'm faced with something like this. I know that I'm capable of being in the game. I'm capable of being in life in right in the middle of the storm where it's all happening, but I have to have a way to be empowered to do that. And for me, the only thing that has ever helped me do that is mindfulness practice and ultimately being able to cope mindfully. It's really been the only way.